There is this story I heard back in Nigeria. It all happened that one midnight, about 12 a.m. or so, usually many churches in Nigeria these days, they have what they call a vigil prayer, usually on Friday midnight till about early hours of the morning on Saturday. And this church was having this kind of vigil prayer. And it so happened that at that particular time, the pastor was leading them to pray against the devil. And you know, Africans, Nigerians, the way we pray, we pray very vigorously. You know, like, Satan, I bind you. Satan, I trample you. Satan, I kick you. Satan, you know, we pray like that. As if we are really physically battling the devil, you know. So they were praying like that. Satan, get out of here. Satan, we bind you. Satan, we break your powers. And then it started to rain outside. And all of a sudden, this group of people just trooped into the church. And they were a drama group that have gone to make a presentation somewhere. And they were coming back when the rain started. So they ran into the church and they had their costumes on. And one of them had this costume with Satan boldly written on it. You know, black and red. Satan on it, and then he ran <laughs> into the church alone. And when the people saw him everywhere, whoo, pandemonium, everybody scattered. They were all running. Satan is in the church. Satan is in the church. And there was this poor old lady who couldn't get up on time. And then she said, oh, please, Satan, I'm not among those who are binding you and casting you out. I'm just an old lady, please. <laughs> I don't know whether that story was true, but... I heard this in Nigeria. Back in a place called Cowan, near Sewani, University of the South, on your way to Chattanooga, I used to help in this small church called St. Agnes, Episcopal Church, when I was a student at Sewani. So they called me visiting priest, but I wasn't on payroll. You know, I was just doing it for the glory of God. I love doing that. There was one day I, I, I spoke, I preached on Satan and demons. And when I, after the service, a lady came and met me. I know her very well. She used to work in the university before she retired. And she was in charge of international students, so we were very close. She said, you know, as you were speaking about the devil, I was getting uncomfortable. You know, my mother told us that we should never mention that name, we never mentioned it in the family while we were growing up. Because my mother told us, if you don't mention the name of the devil, the devil is not going to bother you. Some people have that idea. Don't speak of the devil because he will appear. So if you don't trouble the devil, the devil will not trouble you. But I'm here to tell you that is a big lie. And another big lie is what so many people today believe, that the devil does not exist. Forgive me, but I must tell you. You know, one professor in the seminary tried to tell us that, you know, the devil is, or demons are actually your kind of bad emotions, you know. You know, Satan is your bad emotions. There's nothing like Satan. There is no personality like Satan. It's just the bad side of you, you know, the evil side of you. 
That's all. Your lust, your greed, your gluttony, your whatever they call them, you know, they say those are the demons. Well, again, I'm sorry to disappoint you. That's a lie. So how do you know? In Africa, where I grew up, I have prayed for people. I can't count them. I was like 17 years old when I started praying for people who were troubled by Satan, troubled by demons, troubled by evil spirits. I have laid hands on people. They have fallen on the floor, rolled, screamed, said all kind of Weird stuff that everyone who is there knew that this is not this person. In fact, I was in a church in the capital city of Nigeria some years back. I went with, uh, I was working with a preacher. Then I wasn't Episcopal, you know. So we went for a program in this church. And during prayers, usually in Nigerian churches, even in the Anglican churches, we usually we invite people to come forward after the preaching, after the sermon. Say, okay, if you are here and you need prayers for so, 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 come out. And the preacher, the pastors, we pray for people, you know, lay hands on them and pray. So we called out people like that and we were praying, myself and the senior preacher, all of that. And then I was praying for this woman. And as I prayed for her, she took off my hand from her head. All right? I laid my hands back. She took off my hand. I laid my hand. She took off my hand. And then she said, leave me alone. Now, she came out by herself for prayers. But now I'm praying for her. And she's saying, what? Leave me alone. Now, how do you interpret that? Schizophrenic? Mentally derailed? Psychologically disturbed? Emotionally what? Well, for me, I, I, I interpret that as... She was troubled by an evil spirit. Because here she was, sound, healthy, whole, a perfect young lady. And now here I'm praying for her, using the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. And here she's removing my hand. She's saying, leave me alone. And do you know what? The members of the church, the workers, like the ushers, they came when they saw that drama and tried to calm her down. They called her name. I can't remember her name, but let's assume her name was Mary. They said, ah, ah. Mary, why are you behaving like this? The pastor wants to pray for you. You came out for prayers. Allow him to pray for you. But she said, leave me alone. And do you know the surprising thing? This Mary was in the choir. In fact, this Mary was the choir leader. So we're not talking about a barbarian here or an unbeliever or a non-church person. No, this is Mary, baptized, confirmed or whatever, being trained a walker, a, a, a choir member, a choir leader. She knows Christ. She knows the Lord. She knows to pray. She knows the Bible. But here she was, face to face with the power of God, the living God, through a vessel that have been consecrated, fasted, prayed, and the spirit in her the wrong spirit, the evil spirit came out of her. And she was struggling with me, struggling with the ushers, the people she knew, her brethren, her brothers and sisters in church. She was fighting everybody. 
What do you call that? Schizophrenic? Mentally disturbed? Nervous breakdown? Depression? Please tell me, how can that happen? All of a split second, under prayer. She's never known for that before, except for that particular moment. What do you call that? Psychological illness? No. I beg to differ. She had an evil spirit troubling her. Evil spirits are real. Satan is real. They are personalities. They are intelligent. They have emotions. They think. They plan. They scheme. They strategize. They have bodily form. But they are spirits. Spirits are air. Made from the substance of air. We don't see air, but we feel air. When the tornado strikes, we see what air can do. That's how Satan is. That's how evil spirits are. They can strike. And when they strike, people lose their minds. People become lunatics. People go mad and crazy. They have nervous breakdown. They lose control. They become sick, paralyzed, crippled like the woman in the gospel. She was crippled by a spirit. I didn't say that. Luke said it, and Jesus confirmed it. 18 years, she was bent over. What do you call that? Medical people, arthritis, chlorosis, macrolobia. What grammar are you going to invent to describe her medical condition? 18 years, she has been coming to church. She was a regular. She was used to her sickness and disease. She was used to that kind of worship, that kind of service, that kind of sermon, that kind of theology, that kind of God. That it's okay to be sick. It's okay to be bent over for 18 years. It's okay to be under oppression. It's okay to lose your mind and be nervous. It's okay to lose your family, to lose your home. It's okay. It's normal. That's the way the world is. That's how it goes. No, it's not normal. Is abnormal, is of Satan. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there are no medical conditions or natural conditions. There are. There are. And those ones we know because we easily treat them. We have cures. We have findings for them. We handle them. We know. But there are some that are beyond human Understanding, comprehension, human wisdom and knowledge and science and technology. There are some that beat the imagination. There are some that no matter how, how, how atheistic you are, believe me, you just say, boy, there must be something wrong here. There must be something about this situation. There must be something. And the Bible calls it Satan, calls it demons. Jesus called out this woman. In a service like this, Jesus broke the liturgy. Can you imagine? What if I just say, hey, you, come out. I want to pray for you. You say, what? Don't embarrass me here. We don't do that in St. George's. We don't do that in the service. That's not our liturgy. Jesus broke the liturgy because Jesus is God. Jesus knows that liturgy is supposed to connect you with God, not just to be ceremonial and just ritual, and just make you happy that you have come to church, and you go back the same. No. 
Jesus came for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is rest. The Sabbath is jubilee. The Sabbath is freedom. The Sabbath is liberation. The Sabbath is healing. The Sabbath is restoration. The Sabbath is not just rules and regulations, rituals and ceremonies, and we go happy. We've gone to tickle God, and God is okay with us. Now, the Sabbath is to bring you in collusion with the Almighty God, the consuming fire, the Holy One, who will not bear to see sickness in His presence, who will not bear to stay where darkness is. He is light. When He shows up, darkness gives way. And one day, He's going to show up, and sickness will give way forever. Death, we give way from ever. Stress, depression, oppression, injustice, poverty, lack, all of that. We give way forever because they are not of God. But I got good news for you. God has given us authority to handle them as best as we can. Even now, you don't have to accept them. You deal with them in the name of Jesus Christ. You resist them. You speak to them like living personalities and tell them to take off their hands and get out from your life. You take your life back. You take the Bible, take the scripture, take the name of Jesus and say, Jesus is my Lord. And he has set me free. And I refuse to be put in bondage by substance, by persons, by situations, by circumstances, by culture, by family, by anything. I refuse to come under bondage. I am free. That is the Sabbath. That is why we come for worship. To undo burdens, to break yokes, to cast out demons, and to serve God with a free mind, free heart, free life. And we'll keep doing that until he returns. We may succeed a little, we may succeed more, we may not succeed, but we keep doing it. We will not accept the works of Satan. Amen.